Here's what's going on inside of me right now. Um, as Brenda was praying, and I believe all of the prayers and the words that we've been hearing this morning have been right from the very heart of God. Here's the other side of the coin that I believe God is as passionately intent on. In this year of return, it is his heart to plunder the enemy's camp and bring back that which has been stolen. And in addition to that, the very first thing I heard when I heard the year of plunder, which we've called the year of return, the first thing I heard was his intention to plunder our hearts. And that he is intent on getting everything out of us that he has deposited into us. Each and every one of you are precious and valuable beyond worth. Each and every one of you have been fearfully and wonderfully made by the living God. Every day of your life has been ordained by God before one of them even came to be. He knows the span of your life. He is the Alpha and the Omega. He is the beginning and the end, and He is everything in between. He holds your life in His hands. You are His. He is God. And guess what? He actually believes that He is God. And He actually believes that you are His possession. He owns you. He owns you. He owns you. You are His. He owns you. You are His possession. You are His treasured possession. You are the apple of His eye. And He has put you here on earth with purpose and destiny. He has put you here on earth with purpose and destiny. Six, eight weeks ago in prayer, Thursday morning, the Lord just began to download into my spirit four very specific words that I've been chewing on and living in and praying around. And and I want to share them with you this morning in the context of of the word that God has for us this morning as we continue our series in the 3G, the Gospel Network. The four words that the Lord has spoken into my spirit are these words. Assignment, alignment, anointing, and authority. Assignment, alignment, anointing, and authority. One more time. Assignment, alignment, anointing, and authority. This morning, we're looking at the second of the three G's. The first Pastor Sam shared with us last week about the great commandment. This week, we press into the great commission. The great commission. Many of you are familiar with the scripture in Matthew chapter 28. Then the eleven disciples went to Galilee. This is the last scripture, the last part of the gospel of Matthew. 
Then the eleven disciples went to Galilee, to the mountain where Jesus had told them to go. And when they saw him, they worshipped him, but some doubted. And then Jesus came to them and said, All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you. And surely I am with you always, even to the end of the age. You and I have been given an assignment. One of my favorite scriptures is Psalm chapter 16. And verse 5 and 6 have become very meaningful to me over the last several years of my life. Lord, mighty one. I mean, that's when it's capitalized Lord, that means mighty God. You have assigned me my portion and my cup. You have made my lot secure. The boundary lines have fallen for me in pleasant places. Surely I have a delightful inheritance. The Lord has given to each and every one of us a particular and unique assignment that is ours. And I cannot fill or fulfill someone else's assignment. I can only fulfill the assignment that has been given to me. And so it becomes vitally important that I begin to understand what my assignment is. Now, in our scripture this morning, in Matthew chapter 28, we discover that all of us have been given an assignment that has been given to the church. All of his disciples have been given this large assignment. Within that, each of us will fulfill that assignment in our own unique and different ways. What is that assignment? What is the assignment that has been given to us? Go and make disciples. Go and make disciples. This is the assignment. How? Baptizing and teaching. Baptizing and teaching. What does baptism mean? It's, uh, baptism is really an allegiance encounter. It's when we're saying, I have submitted my life to Christ, and therefore I'm stepping into publicly relationship with Him. In two weeks, we have a baptism service. If you've never stepped into the waters of baptism as a believer... We're grateful if your parents had you baptized as an infant, your parents were expressing their heart, their desire for you to grow up and walk into faith. And we bless that. As we understand the Scripture, it instructs us that we, when we have made a commitment to Christ, when we have surrendered our life to Him, we are to publicly acknowledge that. As the Word came this morning, we overcome by the blood of the Lamb and the Word of our testimony. We give the Word of our testimony in baptism. And we step in to those waters in obedience to Him, and we express our allegiance to Him, and that is the beginning of our walk of discipleship. And we then are formed in that life with Him through the ongoing teaching of His Word as it saturates our soul, as we've been going through saturated. And we're not done yet. We're meeting tonight, 6 o'clock, Book of Numbers. Fabulous, very interesting, lots of unique things as you're reading. I hope you're continuing to read with us. If you're not, don't despair. We'll have the summer to catch up, but come on out tonight. 
as we continue this process of the Pentateuch, the first five books of the Old Testament, we're being formed as disciples. Where? All nations. Go and make disciples of all nations. That's where we're sent to go. The nations in your neighborhood and the nations on the other side of the earth. When? Now! (laughs) There we go. When do I get started? Now would be a really good time. Who? Us. Wait a minute, that's for those folks. No, us. We. This is the assignment that we have all been given. The boundary lines have fallen for me. So what are the boundary lines in your lives? God's put you in a particular location physically in your neighborhood. You know, I figured this out. I shared with you a couple years ago. I finally figured out that I think my calling is to be a pastor. So if anything doesn't run away quick enough, I'm going to pastor it. Okay? I'm going to pastor So I try to reach out. I pastor my neighborhood. I pastor my neighbors. I've had two neighbors with with, uh, physical crises going on in their lives. Man, I'm in a regular hospital visitation rotation to visit them. Because I'm pastoring them. They're part of my flock. They're part of where my lines fall. I pastor my kids. Don't I? Noah, Esteban, Claire... Okay? Because they're part of my boundary lines. Where you work. Where you go to school. Where are those alignments? What God's birthed in your heart. Welcome home, Rosie. Did you get welcomed home last week, officially? Rosie, stand up. Rosie Pierre's been in Kenya. That's been part of her assignment the last six months. Welcome home, darling. We're so glad to have you back. That was part of, because God put something in your heart for a nation. Right? Pastor Lidovic's got a heart. Haitian people, that's part of where his boundary lines have fallen. Right? Haitian Christian Fellowship and beyond and in Haiti. God's given us specific assignments. Nate Ragasi, stand up. Nate. Nate's one of the leaders from the Trinity Believers Assembly, Ethiopian Eritrean Church. This is his last Sunday. He's being reassigned out to the East Coast. Right? Where are you going to be moving? Maryland. Okay. So he's going to be in Maryland. It's been such a joy to have you here and part of us. All right. So Dave and Tina, reach out. To Nate, Nate, move over just a little bit. We're going to pray for Nate right now. We're going to bless him. Reach your hands out towards Nate. We want to bless him in the name of the Lord Jesus. We thank you for this brother. We thank you for the leadership that he has had within the Trinity Believers Assembly. Thank you, Lord, for the impact and influence of his life. We want to bless him now as he goes forward into the next assignment that you have given to him. Lord, we pray that you will give an open place, an open door, an open opportunity. God, that you will lead him and direct his steps according to your purposes and that God, your hand will be upon him and that your blessing will rest over him, that your favor will be a banner over his life, God, and that you will continue to utilize him for the work of your kingdom, for your glory, for your honor, for your praise. Jesus, you alone are King of kings and Lord of lords. And Jesus, you have set us in the places you have set us for your purpose, for the destiny in our lives. Bless our brother, we pray. We bless you, Nate, in the name of the Lord. Together, we bless you, Nate, in the name of the Lord. Again, we bless you, Nate, in the name of the Lord. One more time. And we bless you, Nate, in the name of the Lord. Amen. Hallelujah. We bless you, Nate. Thank you. Thank you. All right. Well, 
God has an assignment in our life. Now, for Joel and Pamela, that assignment's taken them to a new place. Come on up here, guys, if you would. And uh, these guys are, are moving, they're moving fast. They just got married, and they're the couple on the move. They just became members, and now they're going to be members from afar, but part of us. And uh, God is leading them for Pamela back. And Joel, you've been there. Have you been to visit? Yeah? Yeah? Well, that's how you guys, yeah, yeah, something like that. Yeah. Yeah. So Japan holds a very special place in their hearts. So, yes. And so tell us about what's coming and how we can pray for you today. Uh, well, in January, when Pastor Jim passed his, or preached his sermon on this being the year of return, God actually told me this means you're going back to Japan, and I didn't believe him um, because we're getting married in April. April's when everything starts in Japan. Of course, nothing big was going to change in Japan or anything like that. They work on this nice schedule, um, and so it wasn't going to be possible for us to go this year, so far as I could see. Um, and of course, all of you have been watching the news and are aware that big things do change even in Japan um, and basically what the effect has been for us Joel's sister Heidi and a close missionary friend Cindy um, are working in Fukushima City um, some of you also probably recognize the name Fukushima it's where the power plant is um, Fukushima City is kind of like New York City it's the city with the same name as the prefecture that it's in um, it's probably the closest city to the evacuation line um, for the power plant that still has people in it. And the radiation level is about three microserve whatever is an hour, which means um, if we stay there for a year, we're getting about the maximum dose of radiation someone working in a nuclear power plant would be allowed to receive. Um, and so because of this, it scared away a lot of the foreign teachers because they don't really want to stay in Fukushima. And my friend Cindy has been fervently praying that God would use this opportunity to bring people in who want to witness um, to the gospel and want to, you know, stay with the Japanese and show that God loves them in the middle of a time when a lot of people are running away from them. So um, Cindy and Heidi were approached with about five different full-time positions to teach English, and all these companies are coming to them saying, can you teach English here too? And they're like, well, we're only two people um, so on the honeymoon, we got an email saying, can you come to Japan? And we're like, huh, okay, <laughs> we'll, we'll pray about this. And um, it's, it's only been within the past two weeks that we've learned we'll be taking off in the middle of June. Um, we'll be leaving on a tourist visa and changing the visa over to a working visa as fast as we can over there. Um, and we just, we, we really would love to have you guys praying for us. Um, we don't need money or any support like that at all, but... I can tell you that Japan is, it can be a heavy place to be. Um, and the the word that I think describes kind of the feeling they're ministering is there's just this silence that you have to fight through. And um, I don't know, you don't have to feel that or understand it to know that it's often this major battle just to get the words to come out of your mouth. And... Um, I would really ask, especially, I mean, Joel and I are pretty quiet people anyway, but um, that you would pray that we would have that boldness um, in our words. Uh, Japanese people are receptive to the gospel in a way that's very different from American people. They don't move quickly at all. Um, they're often baptized 20 years after deciding that they're interested in Jesus. Um, but at the same time, you know, I, I came into my first English class and told people about Jesus for the first time, and I was shaking everywhere because I'm just like, oh, I can't tell people about Jesus in, like, this English setting. I mean, that wouldn't be okay in the States. And I had non-Christian students coming up to me being like, we really want to hear about Jesus, and we want to hear about the Bible. Please tell us. I'm like, oh, okay. Well, I guess I don't need to be worried about that. Um, but I brought I brought a little thing to pass around, which I think kind of, sums up what it's like to minister there. This is from um, a dear student of mine. Her name is Noriko. Um, she's a doctor. And when she was a college student, she just had the sense that something was wrong, something wasn't right. And she actually dropped out of college and spent a year um, wandering from Christian church to Christian church because she felt sure that the answer was God. And she shared with me years later, she said, I was never able to 
believe that Jesus was God, and he's the person that I respect most, maybe out of anyone in history, but I still haven't been able to believe that. And I'm, I'm, I'm sharing an incomplete story with you. I know it's great to kind of come up with testimonies that are like, yes, and then she became a Christian, and it was wonderful. But um, Noriko and I talked about Christianity just so much. There was so much that was shared. Um, but you're coming into a culture where it's just really not understood. And the amount that people have to encounter God and encounter these words is just, it's this whole long process. So Noriko wrote me when I was leaving. She said, Dear Pamela, thank you for teaching me in Japan. You taught me how to feel God as well as how to speak English. I haven't been able to come to you, but I've been attracted with you and your way of thinking, teaching, and living. All the best, Noriko. I read that and was like, oh, that sounds pretty good. And then I turned the postcard over and this was the picture on it. And um, Japanese people, they say, they're, um, they, say they have no religion. Um, Actually, what that is is they kind of just adopt every religion. Um, when your baby's born, you go to a Shinto shrine and have your baby blessed there. When you get married, you have a Christian ceremony because they're pretty. Um, and when you die, a Buddhist priest comes to bury you. And it's more, this is what you do um, than this is what you believe, this is who you can count on. Um, and so we're we're going, I guess, just to be ourselves, and we're going to keep relating to God and to keep um, ministering to the people around us, I think in much the same way that you guys do here. We'll be working secular English teaching jobs and trying to use every opportunity we can to tell people that it doesn't matter if the earth shakes and it doesn't matter if there's radiation. Um, we have a God who takes care of us. Um, so, um, yeah, please, please pray. All right, Pastor Ben and Hannah, going to come and pray. Would we extend our hands, please? Jesus, we just thank you so much for Joel and Pamela. <clears throat> we thank you for their life. Thank you for who they are, God. We thank you for the, the heart you've put in them. Jesus, we as a church just bless them. We pray your awesome protection over them we we pray your awesome provision for them we pray your uh just jesus that this is going to be an awesome awesome time and experience and they're going to see fruit they're going to see uh, lives changed god that slow process would uh accelerate we pray for that in jesus name we ask that you would uh protect them from from radiation and whatever else enemy wants to throw at him. We pray for that in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. Yes. Lord, we just pray for good ground, Father, that as they go and minister, Lord Jesus, that their words, Lord, would fall on good ground, receptive soil, Father, Lord. We ask that you would begin to prepare hearts right now, Father, to receive your word, Lord, and God, we do ask for boldness, Father, but also appropriate timing, appropriate words, Father, Lord, that they would be led by the Holy Spirit, Father, that you would give them, God, those entryways that only you can know into hearts, Father, that only you can, can know how to reach a soul, Father, God, but that you would give them the knowledge, give them the words, Father, to reach. God, I pray that they would not depend on their own understanding, Father, God, but lean on your Holy Spirit and that you would work mightily, mightily through them. In your precious name, amen. Together we bless you, Keens, in the name of the Lord. Again, we bless you, Keens, in the name of the Lord, Joel and Pamela. We bless you, Joel and Pamela, in the name of the Lord, amen. You know, um, one of the things that is just a great joy in this house is how God raises up and releases leaders. There's another young leader that God's raising up and releasing. That's Katie Icarella. She's going to be sharing more about this in um, just a few weeks. And at the end of June, we're going to be uh, officially sending her out with prayer um, and blessing her. But we're her home and covering church. 
Uh, some of you have received a letter recently from Katie as she prepares to go out to Indonesia. And we just want you to know that as a congregation, we affirm this calling on her life and that we um, are delighted to be uh, in partnership with her in this new adventure that God's taken her on, or year of return, I guess it's your return too, returning back. And uh, I wore this kind of to remind you of a little bit of, little Indonesian, it's Malaysian, but it's close, so, all right, so, there you go. So, Katie, tell us what's happening. I'm Katie Icarella, for those who don't know me. Um, I went to Indonesia in 2009, and I was there for 16 months, and it's an internship with the college that I was studying at, and so I was learning to be a missionary. Bethany College of Missions, I enrolled in 2007, and I just graduated last August, and so I'm actually returning this this August to provide leadership for the same internship site. Um, the Lord has developed in me a heart for service and discipleship, and... Um, I didn't know that he was going to call me back, and that was a really huge pain in my heart, and I had to grieve over that um, because the Lord had given me his heart for the Indonesian people. It's not my heart for them. It's his. Um, And, yeah, and he actually opened the door for me to go back, but developed uh, an ability to disciple. He, He called me into discipleship at the college, so I've been discipling there this last school year. After I graduated, I discipled um, future missionaries on the campus there. And I'm going to be discipling them overseas while doing ministry in the country that the Lord has given me love for um, in like a partnership. And it's really cool to see how God has developed my heart um, in service. He gave me this vision before I went my first 16 months, and it was to serve with selfless love through friendship, discipleship, and prayer. And um, he's developed each one of those pieces. I didn't even realize that he, had, he gave me that vision And then he discipled me in that vision, and now I'm going back with the same vision, but with more equipped, and I have more tools in my toolbox to use in in this vision um, to serve and to disciple and to pray. Um, Yeah, and the selfless love comes from my relationship with him and his love for me. and, And yeah, like his love for them is greater than my love for them. And if I'm not connected to that source, then I can't love them correctly. And so the Lord has healed my heart in serving missions like i know his love because i've seen him his love for others and um yeah that's what the lord has called me into this next season excellent um katie is a uh well she's a child of this house we grew up here and part of our youth group and so um i'm going to ask uh there's a bunch of youth group Ladies, right here, if you'd come on up, and Peggy, if you'd come on up to pray as well, and youth group ladies, come on up and lay your hands here on Katie this morning, as she is in that kind of final month of preparation. We're going to have time to pray for her again in a month, last uh, Sunday of June, as we bless her out in this, but we just want to pray for her right now, and so if you extend your hand as we pray. Father God, giver of life, giver of love, you promised that if you could have our hearts, that you would have your way with those hearts, Lord. Thank you, God, because even the ability to give our hearts to you, to respond to you, comes from you. And your daughter, Katie, has so beautifully expressed that and, and, and spoken that over us as a congregation. She, she claims no glory in this for herself, no act, no... Um, uh, she, she brought nothing to the table in this, Lord, and she's giving all the glory to you, God. And you are certainly having your way with her, Lord. She is walking into uncharted territory yet still, God. She's been equipped. You've called her. You've loved her. You've healed her. And you're yet sending her into the unknown because you also give her this gift of faith and complete and total dependence and reliance on you, God. And we pray into and we thank you, God, for the fruit of this obedience, Lord, as she goes to minister in service and discipleship 
and friendship God. And that, that's the root of the gospel. It's the root of the gospel. It's the best kind of evangelism, God. We ask also for her that her words would be bold. And as Hannah prayed, that her words would be timely, that we, they would be led by you and led overall by, by the love of these, of these people that you have through Katie. Lord, protect her, minister to her daily, console her heart, help her in this transition, Lord, and we pray for fruit. We pray for widespread fruit and exponential increase and expansion of the gospel through the, the, the service and the labor and the sacrifice of this life, God. That she has not loved her life, that she has given her life up, God, even as unto death. Thank you, Jesus. We bless you, Katie. Yes. Together we bless you, Katie, in the name of the Lord. We bless you, Katie, in the name of the Lord again. We bless you, Katie, in the name of the Lord again. We bless you, Katie, in the name of the Lord. Amen. Amen. Thank you. Thank you for being obedient to the assignment the Lord's given you. We love you. Yeah. Isn't it good? Hallelujah. The Lord is good. I love what God, God's does and has done and is doing and will do in this house as he continues to expand our territory, our lot, you know, God's, God's given this house boundary lines too. I don't think we've explored the ends of those boundary lines yet. Um, one of the things, in addition to uh, going to the nations, again, there's the nations next door, there's the nations of your neighborhood, there's the nations in your workplace, there's the nations in the streets. There's the nations all around you. One of our partners who's uh, actively engaging that is Trinity Works. And Stephen Ugin, who's uh, the founder of, of that, um, is going to share with us in the context, again, of our great commission and our assignment. Uh, if you've got your bulletin, pull out. There's an insert inside that's a uh, white-colored insert right there. And uh, that's going to tell you a little bit more about Gospel Month. All right, here we go. Um, <clears throat> for those who don't know, we're, uh, it's just really cool for me to hear about all these people going to the nations. Um, God called us as missionaries to the Twin Cities because we discovered there were a lot of people here in the Twin Cities that didn't know Jesus as well. And so, uh, as Pastor said, um, we have a lot of the nations here in the Twin Cities, one of the largest Somali populations, well, the largest, I think, in the United States, Hmong population. Um, of course, Salt and Dave's working with uh, Somali Adult Literacy. So there's lots of efforts to reach into that community. Um, but we, uh, a couple years ago, maybe four or five years ago, as we were really crying out to God, and I just want to share this with you. If you're sitting here and you're like, man, I just don't have a heart to share with my neighbor. I just don't have a heart to share the gospel. I just don't know how I would even do that. Um, I want to tell you, it's not something that comes naturally. It's something, and Katie touched on it, it's something that you have to ask God for. But I assure you of this. If you ask God for his heart for the lost around you, and you don't have to go very far. You know, how many people have someone in their family that doesn't know the Lord? Anybody? Just to show of hands real quick. Anybody in your immediate or extended family that doesn't know the Lord? Okay, pretty much every hand. How many have any people in your neighborhood that don't know the Lord? Anybody? Okay, good. How many people have any people in your workplace or at your school that don't know the Lord? Just real quick, show of hands. Could everybody stick their hand up that has someone in their school or workplace and then just kind of look around just so you know you're not alone? Okay. Here's the deal. There's, there's 2.8 million people in the metro area, and about 9 out of 10 of them don't have, if the statistics are right, don't have a saving relationship with Jesus. That means that they're headed for eternal separation from the Lord, the one that we worshiped, the one that we have the honor of coming into the presence of. Now, the cool part is that all those people are actually in relationship with someone who does have a saving relationship with Jesus. And they're just waiting for us to extend an invitation to them. About five years ago, I was, uh, I, God had brought the Chinese church in front of me. Um, how many know the Chinese church is just exploding right now? They have, uh, de depending on who you ask, between 120 and 200 million born-again most of them on fire because when you make a decision to follow Jesus in China or a nation where there's persecution, 
the, the, the Revelation 12.11 is real. It's not just a, a, a Bible verse. You actually are making a decision to really give everything to Jesus. Um, so it's the largest church in the world right now is the Chinese house church movement. And they do something every month in January that they call Gospel Month. And essentially what it is is it's saying we're going to set aside a month before you, Lord, where we're going to get intentional about reaching out to people around us. And so what they do in China is they'll ask God for three people's names, people that they're already in relationship with, and they'll, say, they'll begin to pray for those three people every single day during Gospel Month. And in addition to that, they'll say, God, what intentional steps would you like me to make to reach out to those three people while I'm praying for them? How many know prayer is awesome? But at some point, prayer needs to move into action as well. Okay, and you see at the back of that verse, why don't you... Uh, Flip to the back of the flyer. We're just going to read very quickly Romans 10. This is the word of the Lord, starting in verse 13. For everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. But how can they call on him to save them unless they believe in him? And how can they believe in him if they've never heard about him? And this is the one for us. And how can they hear about him unless someone tells them? And how will anyone go and tell them without being sent? So if you didn't know that you were sent, we're going we're gonna to send you today. We're going to send you to your neighbors. And there's, we felt last year, um, a, a, as I heard about Gospel Month, I was personally very challenged. And we felt as a ministry that God was asking us to, to do a Gospel Month as well. So last year in August, we just said, we're going to set aside a month and we're going to be deliberate about you know, doing missions. And I tell you what, when, when that month started... It was like God reached into my heart and flipped what I call the mission switch. You know, you just go through your life and you're not aware of there's people all around you that don't have a relationship with God. But something happened when that switch got flipped. And all of a sudden, everywhere I went, I started seeing opportunities. I didn't have to strive. I didn't have to try and make something happen in my flesh. I just said, God, I just want to be aware wherever I am of someone that you want me to connect with. And then, of course, being intentional about relational evangelism as well. And I, I think I went out about 14 times. We do a lot of street ministry, about 14 times that month. And what happened was there were many divine appointments, many powerful, creative miracles, people baptized in the Holy Spirit on the street, international witnessing opportunities where I'd run into you know, some Chinese businessmen, and the guy that they were with had been witnessing to him the whole flight over, some executives for Best Buy, and then they ran into me, and I was telling him everything that he had been telling him on the flight over. I mean, just powerful, powerful encounters, but that never happens unless we make ourselves available. And so uh, that, that month changed my life, changed our ministry, took, took our level of evangelism, took our level of reaching out to a whole nother level, and this year, we're doing it again in June. In fact, we're going to be taking street teams out four or five times a week in June. Tuesdays, Wednesdays, Thursdays, Fridays, and Saturdays. I don't know if you guys know this, but we've got 60 people who are being raised up as messengers in messenger boot camp. People have said, I'm going to take 10 hours a day for eight weeks on Saturdays to commit myself to being equipped to reach out to those around me. So we, we felt like God gave us, and we talked with Pastor Jim in partnership with them and some other uh, ministries that we're partnered with. Now we've invited other ministries to sort of take this Gospel Month challenge. And I want to go through with you, if you could just right now just take time to just fill out your name and your phone and email and, of course, your home church. We all know most of that is Bethel. Just go ahead and take time to fill that out right now as I'm describing to you the ways that God is inviting us into this, and then we'll pray. And is that all right if we pray after that? Okay. The first way that God is challenging us, and really it's about you don't have to do all these or any one of these. Really all we're saying is, is the Holy Spirit is just hovering over this place and saying, who's willing to say yes to me? Who's willing to say yes to me? The first way that you can get involved with Gospel Month, are you willing to ask God for three souls this month? To write down three names, ask God for three names of people you can pray for every day, and then be intentional about reaching out to them. What does that look like? It might look like you give them a, some gospel materials. It might look like you give them a book or a CD or, you know, that God puts on your heart, a teaching or an evangelistic DVD. It might look like you invite them to church. That's a great way to reach out. How many know that Jesus meets people here when we invite them here? Amen? Okay. 
The third is uh, that you might meet with them and have fellowship and share your testimony. You remember the scripture out of Revelation 12, 11, we defeat the enemy by the blood of the lamb and the word of our testimony. So as we share our testimony, we don't have to talk anybody into Christianity. All we have to do is meet with them and say, hey, this is what Jesus did in my life. And as you share what Jesus did in your life, the Holy Spirit comes down and bears witness to the truth of the story. It's so effortless. It's so effortless. So would you, would you be willing to come into agreement with God for three people that are in your relational network? Write them down and turn them in. We're going to ask, how do you want these? So the ushers in the back will collect these on the way out. So that's one way you can enter into Gospel Month. The second way is witness every day. Are you willing to commit to witnessing to someone every day? Now, that can look a lot of ways, okay? It's, you know, holding a door open and saying, God bless you is good, um, but that's not quite witnessing, okay? We're talking about having a conversation, just sharing your testimony with somebody just once a day. It takes about 50, 60 seconds to get into that kind of conversation. You might even ask somebody, what do you do for work? And they might tell that to you, and then, you know, and then, let, and then you know, sooner or later, they'll ask you, what about you? What about you? And then, and then that's your opportunity to share your testimony with them. So would you be willing to witness every day? The third is do outreach. Are you willing to be part of corporate outreaches? Maybe you're like, I, I have no idea how to share my faith. I don't know how I would ever do street ministry or anything like that. If you want, there's a great way to get baptized into the area of evangelism. And that's to go out with seasoned evangelists who walk in this every day. And as you go out, and you don't even have to talk to anybody, but if you stand by them, I guarantee you the Holy Spirit's going to move on you and draw you into this lifestyle of sharing your faith. Okay? This is normal Christianity. So there's outreaches going on four times a week. Are you willing to go out once a week? Are you willing to go out one time in the month of June and just say, God, stretch me. Take me to a place I'm not quite comfortable when you do that, he's going to honor that and pour out that spirit of evangelism on you and change your heart. The last way is this, and I think this is really cool. We actually got this um, in our conversation with Bethel. Reach out to your neighbors. How many know that the great commandments are to love God with all our heart and to love our neighbors as ourselves? What is God talking about? He's talking about our neighbors. <laughs> it's profound. <laughs> he's talking about our neighbors. He's talking about the people that actually live in our neighborhood. You know, how many of us have reached out to our neighbors in a real way? God's been challenging our family personally with this in Gospel Month. And I'm going to share with you guys what I feel my commitments are before the Lord. Um, I'm going to seek God for three. I'm hoping that I'm going to witness every day. Um, I'm going to do outreach three times a week. I feel like God told me, I want you to go out on the streets three times a week. And I got a lot of other things going on. But I think for this month, I'm making that commitment before him. And then the last one is God has told Casey and I, we're going to invite a neighbor over for lunch every Sunday in June. Every Sunday, we're going to have a different neighbor over for lunch, and we're just going to talk to them. We're going to have a meal with them. I just can't imagine the subject of Jesus not coming up over lunch. I'm, I'm just really confident that Jesus is going to come up over lunch. I don't know how it's going to look. I don't know where, but the Holy Spirit will create an opportunity and, and, so, and so into that. So... I just feel like God is really laying before us. We have, there's no reason we can't enter into at least one of these things and say, God, you know what? You're worth it. You're worth it that one month I would say, God, I'm going to be intentional and be on mission. We're here not just to bide our time to come to church and try and just make it through life doing nine to five. We're here for a purpose. It's to know God and to make him known. That's the reason we were made and so when we enter into that, powerful things happen and our lives are, cha- are transformed. So do we want to pray? Okay, okay. Pray and just ask the Lord to kind of yeah, speak gonna, to people. And, right, okay. and we're going to bless. Again, we're doing this in partnership with Stephen Trinity Works, so we want to, as a house, we want to bless that and, and what God's doing in this house around this and let's... Hold your thing up before the Lord. I got mine over here. Hold it up before the Lord and let's pray. Jesus. Um, let me ask, how many here used to do this? Used to go out in the street? Used to witness at work? 
can't sure. be the only one that used to do it on a regular basis. Mm. And then you had kids and cars and cats and could you stand up, please? Please, I really hear a clear sense to do this. You used to do this on a regular basis, but life has just taken you away. You used to do evangelism on a regular basis. You used to share. Okay, then I'll stand up. <laughs> then, then it is just for me. Because I used to go do it. I used to take teams in the streets every single week, several times a week. And I just, I'm going to respond to this. Because I hear the Lord saying clearly, I'm calling someone. So sometimes it is just for me. Um, because sometimes he calls the backsliders in areas we're even negligent in. And so, first and foremost, Lord, we thank you for the gift of Stephen. We thank you. You have saved him and you have anointed him with the gift of evangelism to exhort the body, to equip the saints for the work of the ministry. That's us, Lord. So, Father, we thank you for that. Thank you, Jesus. Father, as we endeavor to respond to your word today, that you called us as part of this 3G network to come into the fulfillment of the Great Commission that you called us, Jesus. We thank you that you've given us opportunities to walk this out. And so, Father, we just pray that right now as we respond yes. to you, we would yes. see fulfillment of this. Father, I pray for those who have never witnessed before that you give opportunities, Lord. Give them boldness, Lord, just in their natural ability, Lord. I'm not talking about something weird. That's why we're up here. Father, that you would give them just normal release of your spirit to the neighbors, to the school in their places of business, in their places, Lord. I pray for opportunities in the grocery store, Lord. Opportunities they go to camp, as they go into the swimming pool, Lord. As they walk down the street, Lord. Would you, you say in the, in the, in the gospel, you say this in the Old Testament, Lord, that they would grab the hem of the garment of the Jews and say, take us to your God. Father, would you, would you do it on the other side, Lord, to get us and catapult us, Lord? Would you send others, Lord? I think of Kathy's sister who will constantly say, Tell me more about your God. Would you put those people in our past, Lord, and help us to respond? Shake us from our complacency, Lord. And Father, lastly, I pray that this would be very clear to us, Lord, that you have sent the evangelists to equip the saints for the work of the ministry, not to do just the work of the ministry. That's us, Lord. That we are the ye. We are the, the ones who are sent to go. That, Lord, we stand before you. Would you help us to fulfill this assignment? We operate in grace and mercy and forgiveness. But, Lord, we want at the end of this month to be able to say, Lord, this is what you've done. This is what you've done as we've said yes to you, Lord. These are the people that you've given us opportunity to pray for. These are the people, Lord, that have even come to you, Lord Jesus. These are the stories, Lord. Father, that we would fulfill this assignment that you gave through Jesus Christ before he parted this earth to go and to preach the gospel, to make disciples, to baptize in the name of Jesus. We bless this effort. Amen. Together we bless you, Stephen, in the name of the Lord. We bless you, Ugin family. We bless you, Ugin family, in the name of the Lord, and we bless Trinity Works. And we bless Trinity Works in the name of the Lord. Amen. Thank you. All right, well, as you are figuring out, the, the message is us. We are the message, okay? And there's many others that we could perhaps bring up here uh, this, this morning, but we're going to kind of move forward, and the next words will not take, I don't have any more people that I know of coming up right at the moment, um, but I want to give you these other pieces because I think they're important for you to hear. And we're going to come back to these. These, are, these four words are words that are very much stirring. I, just, I was sharing them with Dale, and I just got an email from him, and he said, can you send me those four words again? I believe they're a word for now, and they're a word not only for you, but for the church nationally. So there's something that God's stirring around these. So, so listen carefully and quickly as we go through this. Alignment. One of uh, the scriptures that we've come back to repeatedly is from Ephesians chapter 4. It was he who gave some to be apostles, some to be prophets, some to be evangelists, some to be pastors and teachers, to prepare God's people for works of service, so that the body of Christ may be built up until we all reach unity in the faith and the knowledge of the Son of God and become mature, attaining to the whole measure of the fullness of Christ. Then we will no longer be infants, tossed back and forth by the waves, blown here and there by every wind of teaching, and by the cunning and craftiness of men and their deceitful scheming. Instead, speaking the truth in love, we will in all things grow up into him who is the head, 
that is Christ. From Him, the whole body, joined and held together by every supporting ligament, grows and builds itself up in love as each part does its work. So in addition to the assignment that God has given to us, there is also the necessity for us to come into alignment with God and with one another. With God and with one another. Do you notice back here there's a net behind? That's there for a reason. Because we're not, we're not doing the Great Commission like with a fishing pole on our own, going into a pond and throwing in a line and hoping to catch a fish. We're going in with a net together to see the catch that the Lord has to bring. Part of that catch that we've seen as a congregation here is what's going on right back there with our Bhutanese Christian Fellowship. Yesterday we had a prayer time for our Bhutanese folks. Powerful. Afterwards, one of the gals who was there, Pastor Keisha, comes up to me smiling and he says, oh, I have very good testimony for you. He said, tomorrow this lady and her husband are going to receive Christ. They have decided that they're going to receive Christ tomorrow. So right back here today, you can be praying to receive Christ. Okay? That's how it works. Every culture works. Okay? Understand? All right? That's how it works. We're coming in together. Our whole family coming in together. Okay? That's the net. We're a part of that. Okay? You're here this morning. You don't know Jesus? He certainly has been here. He's revealing himself. We'll get back to that in a moment. All right. So, in this alignment, four words. You've heard these four words before. Let me just read them to you again. The first word coming up right now is connection. And then communication and coordination and contribution. Each one of us, each one of us must first and foremost be connected to the heart of God. This is what Katie said. Stephen put an exclamation point on it. I'm going to put a second exclamation point on it. It comes out of our connection with the heart of God. He's the head, we're the body. Where he says to go and what he says to do, that's what we do. Communication, that is speaking the truth in love. Listen to me, if we speak the truth, unwholesome talk, according to Ephesians, is speaking the truth without love. You know, you can speak the truth to somebody, but if it is not in love... It bears no fruit. You can be loving, but if there's no truth involved, that's not going to bear any fruit either. It's the two together, speaking the truth in love. Coordination. God brings us together as a congregation to do His work. I was standing, by the way, Tom, even though I was standing. I was standing. When I was in college, I worked as a busboy in a very large um, pizza restaurant. When I mean large, it's seated 450, and there was usually an hour wait on weekends to get in. Very large restaurant. One summer, I made a commitment, and I prayed to the Lord, and I asked him every day for the opportunity to share him with somebody. And every day I did. Every day. Every day I worked, I shared the Lord. Now, how did that come through me? Even back then. I'd pastor anything that couldn't get away. But people would come to me and they'd say, you know what, we're really struggling with our kids. I'm a college student. They're coming to me with all of the wages, and I'd just share with them, pray with them. I'd just share Jesus. You know, it wasn't, you know, so God's going to do it uniquely through you. We all have a different expression of this. Witnessing is not simply handing out a tract and going through the four spiritual laws with somebody. It's sharing what Jesus is doing in your life. And that can be service. You know, when my neighbor was down with back surgery, I just went over and mowed his lawn. I didn't, you know, I didn't have to tell anybody. I just went and did that. I'm just building, I'm I'm witnessing to the goodness of God. Okay? So don't get all tied up that it has to look a certain way. God will coordinate you when you contribute, but we must, each part has to do its part. We all need each other, right? Yes? Yes. So we got to get in alignment with His heart and with one another. 
That's what God's doing here in this house. Anointing is our third word. We love the word anointing. We don't really know what it means, but we love it. And we want it. How many want the anointing? I want the anointing. Yes! What is the anointing? Well, let me tell you what it is. Let me tell you what it's not. The anointing is not some sort of divine pixie dust that God comes and sprinkles on certain people. Sometimes in our tradition, it can kind of feel like that or sound like that. It's woo, something sort of mystical and magical. Let me give you a scripture. Maybe you've heard it before. But you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you, and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and in Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. We are on a co-mission with him. We are co-laboring with him. Colossians 1, Paul says, We proclaim him, admonishing and teaching everyone with all wisdom, so that we may present everyone perfect in Christ. To this end I labor, struggling with all his energy, which works so powerfully in me. Here's what anointing is. Anointing has to do with his energy at work within us. The literal word for anointing is the oil of fatness. Americans are very, we're, we're all very anointed, okay? The oil of fatness, but what it means is this. There is. Sorry, that was, never mind, just erase that, all right? Because this is very serious and very important that you understand this. Okay? The picture is this. That, that there's a scripture that says, the anointing breaks the yoke. What does that mean? That means that there are yokes on our lives that have been placed there by the world, the flesh, and the enemy. And when the oil of anointing comes, he fattens up our necks so that those old yokes no longer fit. It is a work of the Spirit of God in us to mature and grow us to the point where those old patterns, those old behaviors, those old attitudes, those old bondages don't fit anymore. That's what he's after. To build our character. To build our capacity to be on mission with Him and to labor with Him. It's His work in us. Do you get this? He breaks off the fear of man, the old yoke. He breaks off the old yokes of your whatever it is that holds you back from being all that God has called you to be. He wants to break that and set you free. That's the anointing. So that you'll have power to be on mission with Him. All right. One more word. Everybody remember what it is? What is it? Call it. Authority. What is it? Authority. Authority. And it'll be here in a moment. There we are. Authority. Jesus said, I am with you always. This whole thing about with, this is what I shared at, at Gary Hogan's funeral on, on uh, Thursday. God with us. Listen to this. Peter Filled with the Holy Spirit, anointed. He's got this anointing. He's got the flow of God in him. He's been given an assignment. He's in alignment with the Lord. Filled with the Holy Spirit, he said to them, and he's talking to all the chief mucky mucks, okay, the religious folks, and he says, rulers and elders of the people, if we are being called to account today for an act of kindness shown to a cripple and, you're, and are asked how he was healed, then know this, you and all the people of Israel, it is by the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, whom you crucified, but whom God raised from the dead, that this man stands before you healed. He is the stone you builders rejected, which has become the capstone. Salvation is found in no one else, for there is no other name under heaven given to men by which we must be saved. And when they saw the courage of Peter and John, realized that they were unschooled, ordinary men, they were astonished, and they took note that what? These men had been, had been what? Had been what? With Jesus. That's where authority comes from. 
When a policeman stands before a big 18-wheeler semi-truck with his hands out and says, stop, do you think he has the power to stop that? No. What he's got is he's got the authority. Because that truck can run him down. He doesn't have the power to do it, but he's got the authority. Because he's got the United States government standing behind him and his uniform saying, stop. Our authority comes from being with Jesus. It doesn't come out of how smart you are, how gifted you are, how talented you are, how beautiful you are, how handsome you are, and all of those things, though you may be, in fact, all of those things, and you are. However, that's not where your authority comes from. Your authority comes from Him. And being with Him. And it changes everything when you're with Him. All right? You getting this? All right. For in Christ, listen to this. This wasn't just for Peter and John. For in Christ, all the fullness of the deity lives in bodily form. And you, say you. Say me. I've been given fullness in Christ, who is head over every power and authority. You have been given fullness in Christ. Because of your relationship, first with Him, and then with others. Here's where it works. And, and, and Stephen was referencing this, and, and Katie, and, and Joel and Pamela, and all of them were referencing the same thing. Our authority flows out of relationship, first with the Lord, and then out of our relationship with those to whom we are reaching out to. Zacchaeus had come to look at, find Jesus and he climbed up in a tree and when Jesus got to the point, Jesus looked up and he saw Zacchaeus and he said, come on down here. Today, I'm coming to your house. Today, salvation. And Jesus said to him, today, salvation has come to this house because this man too is a son of Abraham. For the Son of Man came to seek and save what was lost. What does it mean to be lost? It means to be out of place. It doesn't mean to be evil. It doesn't mean to be bad. It doesn't mean to be, you know, all of these things that we... It's not because they're them. The lost, anyone who is lost is simply somebody who is out of place. They don't know who they are. Zacchaeus didn't know who he was. But Jesus said, today I'm coming to your house and I'm going to eat with you. And today salvation has come to your house. Right there in a home. Salvation wants to come to your neighborhood, to your workplace, to your school, to your local business, to your family. Salvation is in his house. Because wherever Jesus is, salvation is. Jesus. Jesus. We know what his desire. It is his desire that none would perish, that none would stay lost, that all would come to a saving knowledge. That's his heart. So we can pray in agreement with that. We know that's his heart. We can pray his will. We must pray his will. Do his will. Okay. You're going to probably hear these words cropping up throughout the year again, but just keep on. Think about those. I, I urge you to begin to meditate deeply on these and ask the Lord, what is my assignment? How can I be in alignment? Lord, Give me anointing from the inside out. Build my capacity and help me to walk in authority as I walk with you. All right? Amen? Yeah, I have no idea what you want to sing, but let's do something. Put an exclamation point on here. Brenda, I'll leave that in your hands here. Because we're going to close here right now. Can we stand to our feet right now? Thank you. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Thank you. 
Next Sunday, we have a very special time right after the service. We've got a time with our, uh, for, we're going to be celebrating our children's workers next Sunday and then having a picnic together for anybody who's got kingdom kids, age kids. I invite you to join us two weeks from now and have a very, very special time here. Our combined celebration service, all of our congregations, everybody will be all together. Um, breakfast at 9, 9.30 baptism. If you would like to take that step, let me know. Please, we urge you to do that. Um, if you're age 10 and up, uh, roughly 10 and up, and you've not taken that step, I urge you to take that step. And then we're going to be celebrating together. Heart of the City Worship Band is going to be with us. It's going to be an awesome time. we got very special things planned that God's got. Yeah, oh, yeah, sign up for day camps in the back, please. Uh, this is a way. This is a part of that net. This is part of our commission. God's given us 40% of our congregation is 17 and under. That means we've got a huge nation right in our midst, a generation nation that God wants to continue to pour out. I'm so excited about what God's doing in our youth and in our kids. We have the chance to get that out. Please, you can help out. You can be a part of this. You can contribute. You know, you bring snacks. You're contributing to the life of what God's doing here. So maybe you say, I can't do anything else, but I can do that. Do it. Do whatever it takes. Hallelujah. Jesus, can we open our hands? Lord God, we just pray right now that, Lord, you would help us to step in to the assignment you've given to us. Align us with your heart and with one another, Lord. Anoint us, Lord God, by your spirit. And let us walk forward with the authority that you've given us, Jesus, as your children. God, we, we commit ourselves to you and to your heart today. Jesus, come, pour out your spirit. Pour out your spirit. Let's sing this together. Open your hands, if you would, for the benediction. And Jesus, we pray, that is our prayer, that you might be glorified in each of our lives, individually and in our life together. Be glorified, Lord Jesus. In us, we pray. Jesus. And now I pray that you might be filled with the immeasurable love of God the Father. The irresistible mercy and grace of Jesus Christ the Son. The inexhaustible strength and power, hope and comfort of the Holy Spirit be with you and yours as you go from this house to yours sent to make disciples of all nations. May the banner of His goodness and grace May His love and kindness and favor be upon your lives as you go. Until we gather again, either in this house or in our eternal home, I bless you, people of God, in the name of Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen.